a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources, Inside Sources, Inside Sources, where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. Well, we hear it all the time. A uh, politician goes on one of the TV national cable news shows and says, we, we have to pass my legislation. All these top economists agree with me. But do they really or are they running defense for the candidates of their choice or the political party of their choosing? Well, what does one of the most legendary economists say the U.S. is doing wrong when it comes to the economy and what needs to be done right? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. We are very pleased to be joined on the show today by Art Laffer. And uh, most of you know that name as a household name when it comes to uh, the world's really premier economist, uh, at least in, in my book, uh, someone who has uh, been in and around uh, economics and where that intersects with public policy and politics uh, for many years, all the way back to the Reagan administration. But uh, most people know Art uh, from the Laffer curve, which is really about uh, getting that right tax rate to get the maximum revenue for government and all the implications around that. Uh, Art has been in the state uh, down at Utah Valley University uh, with Young America Foundation and, the, of course, the Gary R. Herbert Institute for Public Policy. Art, uh, welcome to the state of Utah again. We know you've been here before, but uh, tell us about uh, what you've been doing down at Utah Valley University today. Well, I've been talking with a lot of business people and state legislators and with students, and uh, it's just been loads of fun. I've been down here with your former governor, who is my hero, by the way, as you know, in the, my publication, Rich States, Poor States, with Alec, uh, you know, Utah has been running that one state for 14 straight years. So, um, you know, this is a state I love to come to. And I love to see good economics at work. And Governor Herbert is just the most amazing person ever. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. So tell me about the uh, the conversation you had with the students today. I'm, I'm really interested to see their view of economics. Uh, and again, kind of that intersection between economics, public policy, and uh, the political fray that uh, usually gets the attention but should actually be third out of those three. And let me just say that the first one with the students was a lecture more than it was carrying their views to me. The second one was a seminar where they talked a lot. <laughs> and uh, their their views are very malleable, very young, very impressionable, and uh, and uh, I was very pleased with how open they are to hearing ideas and thoughts. And uh, they're they're an amazing group of of young people who are really positioned to change the world. And I I was very excited by who they were, where they came from, all of that. It was an amazing uh, experience for me as well, hearing how they think about things. 
Oh, that's great. And, and so let's dive into this. Uh, you have often said that you're uh, neither a Republican nor a Democrat. You're an economist. Uh, explain that for our listeners. Well, economics is all about incentives. And, uh, you know, if you if you tax something, you get less of it. If you subsidize something, you get more of it. I mean, you know, it's really hard to understand why you would tax people who work and pay people who don't work and expect more people to work. That just doesn't sound like economics to me. Uh, also changing incentives. I mean, you know, we, we, we find speeders on the freeway to get them to stop speeding. We, we find cigarette smokers to get them to stop smoking. Why in the same sense do we tax people who, who earn income? Why do we tax people who employ other people? Why do we tax businesses that make great products at low cost? Um, do we want them to stop earning income? Do we want them to stop employing people, stop making great products at low cost? No. But you've got to understand what the consequences are, and not many economists do, and that not many of them talk about the tremendously beneficial effects of deregulation, of sound money, of free trade, of uh, low-rate, broad-based, flat tax, spending restraint. Those are the things that make America great, not redistribution, uh, not this other stuff that makes no sense and doesn't work. As you talk about that, and of course, as we find ourselves in historic inflation, obviously rising uh, fuel prices, and, and people are feeling it at the, the grocery store and the gas pump and other places. As you look at those incentives and, and where things are, what's it that we're missing in this equation uh, as we try to get to the right policy uh, to get the, the most productivity and help more people live their version of the American dream? Well, let me just say that the Biden administration has wanted to do this bill back better they did the uh, COVID relief plan. They did the infrastructure bill. All of this stuff, just spending tons and tons of money on basically uh, transfer payments uh, and paying people, just giving them the money, not for the work effort. And what has happened is, of course, the participation rate has dropped dramatically uh, and inflation is picking back up as you would expect it would. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad economics. And most of my colleagues in the university think it's great. And um, it's just they're not professionals. They're not. They're not straightforward economists, to be honest with you, and and they aren't looking at incentives. What you should have done, if you want more employment, like when we did the first round, instead of spending money on COVID relief, you should just have a, 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 a payroll tax holiday to get people to be incentivized to go back to work quicker. And none of that is the way they think. As you look at those, and especially being down on a college campus today, uh, we often hear from from young people who say, well, look at Europe, you know, high taxes, but they seem to be doing all right. They seem to be flourishing in, in some aspects. Uh, what is it that they're they're missing there? And what is it in terms of the sustainability uh, in terms of those kinds of policies? Well, they're missing that Europe was not doing well. The U.S. had been doing much better than Europe under Trump and was extending its benefits faster than it's ever uh, for minorities, for, for Hispanics, for blacks, for the less educated. I mean, we had the lowest poverty rate in our nation's history. I mean, and then all of a sudden we've stopped it all. And Europe just doesn't agree with any of the stuff that we should be doing. One of the things that's been interesting to me that I wanted to get your, your take on, Art, is uh, you mentioned a lot of the other uh, economists and some that are getting things and some that aren't. And in in many ways, there has been this increasing political points coming out of a lot of the economists. President Biden, of course, uh, you know, loves when he talks about build, bad, build back better uh, to talk about, you know, Nobel laureates and uh, world-renowned economists agreeing. Yeah, uh, I rest my case. It's just crap. <laughs> it's, just, it's just crazy stuff. And I don't understand them, and they're just political hacks. And I'm sorry, they may have a Nobel Prize, but that doesn't keep them from being a political hack. 
there, there's a lot of that going on for sure, and, and we know that that, that anybody is. anybody can manipulate the the numbers, you know, to to say what they want. But as you look at the role of economists, uh, are we are we losing because of all of the politics around some of the economists? Are we starting to lose the trust and the confidence uh, in economics? I, well, I hope I hope you are. I hope you are. You know, I the last job I took with a with a politician was with Richard Nixon. I was in the White House from 1970 to 72. I made a vow never to take a penny from a politician again, and I haven't. And, uh, you know, these people will rebut arguments they know to be true in order to curry favors with their political benefactors. And that's not the way we should operate as economists. We should be professionals. Now, there may be disagreements as to what the elasticities are of this, that, or the other. But there shouldn't be disagreements on this, this level. Yeah. This level purely is supporting a political candidate and pretend using your Nobel laureate as a, as, as a, as a reason for trusting, but it's not. We're going to stay with a conversation with our Laffer again. He's here in the state of Utah, down at Utah Valley University, the Gary R. Herbert uh, Public Policy Center down there having important discussions today. So we're going to stay with that conversation. Much more to come right here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Inside Sources. We're staying with the question just a little bit longer, as we like to do around here. And my conversation just a little earlier today with Art Laffer. He's an economist. Uh, of course, he's most famous for his idea of the Laffer curve. Uh, and what that is, is explaining the relationship between our tax rates and how much money the federal government would end up collecting, that there is this ideal point uh, of a rate that is where people will pay. And if it goes higher than that, then people look for loopholes and are willing to spend a lot of money to try to save some money uh, by by using uh, accountants and, and lawyers and all of those kinds of things. So it's an interesting curve to look at. Uh, Art, of course, has uh, been awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and he's worked as an advisor for several United States presidents. Uh, and he pointed out in our last segment uh, early in the conversation that he's never been paid by them. He is, he has been an advisor, uh, but he refuses to be on the payroll so that he can focus on the economics and not the politics of it all. Uh, so we're going to continue the conversation. Uh, and we, we talked about this with Art, uh, in terms of the, uh, what happens at the state levels? Uh, Art is a big uh, fan of, of states' rights and doing things at the local level. Uh, in fact, he's here uh, in the state today at Utah Valley University as part of the Gary R. Herbert Institute for Public Policy. And uh, Dr. Laffer uh, is a big idea, a big idea guy, uh, and he's a big fan of big ideas coming out of the laboratories of democracies. And uh, so we asked him, you know, what can we be doing better in the United States that may be led by states like Utah. So let's continue on. Um, so Art, as you, as you look at where we are uh, in the country and in the economy, what is it that you wish the, the average American uh, listening in today, knowing what they're worried about in terms of jobs, gas prices, inflation, and all of that, what's the one thing that we're missing? What's the one thing you wish everybody really understood uh, about economics that would maybe change behavior or change outcomes? Well, you know, incentives matter. I mean, they, they really do. If you print a lot of money and you reduce the supply of goods, if you have too much money chasing too few goods, don't be surprised if the money price of goods rises, and that's what's happening. 
I mean, the other thing on incentives, if you pay people not to work, they're not going to work. And, uh, you know, all of this stuff is happening. If you tax them, if they do work, they'll stop working. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's very scary. And it goes to every aspect of the political life. And I, I'm very hopeful that in November, there'll be a big change in this country. And then we'll get a great election in November of 24. And then we might get back to something like Reagan or something like Kennedy uh, and get a really good uh, period of prosperity coming back again. I'm, I'm very hopeful that'll happen. Given the, the upcoming elections, uh, how do you make sure that, that Republicans uh, don't go back on kind of their economic campaign promises in terms of spending control and restraints? Uh, because it seems to me this is where we can be total equal opportunity offenders uh, in terms of the spending yeah, and economic control. How do we change that game? And often Republicans are equal opportunity offenders. That's true. And uh, I don't know how you do that. You just let people get true. I mean, my my dream has always been to have merit pay for politicians. Uh, you know, if the economy grows really nicely and does well, uh, they can keep their pay. If it grows really, really well, they get double their pay. But if it doesn't grow, they have to give their pay back. Wow, that's uh, we're gonna have to, you know we're gonna have to do a deep dive on that one. Or that's uh, that's good. You do right you know, there. but if you have a company that doesn't do well, what happens to the executive? Yeah, that's right. That's you didn't right. get paid. <laughs> yeah, and you got to do that for governments too. I mean, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent of the pay, but you know there has to be a merit component to pay to make it worthwhile for these people to do the right thing and to stick to their word. One of the areas that you have focused on and been such a champion of is obviously the the states, your rich state, uh, poor states that you do with uh, with the Alec Group there. Yes. Uh, what is it about things happening at the state level or, or states like Utah who seem to, to function under a, a budget like they're supposed to and live within their means and prepare? Uh, what are some of the other things that you see states doing well that maybe the federal government ought to take a look at? Well, if, you, if the federal government ran itself, like uh, like Utah runs itself, uh, we'd have the most prosperous country in the planet Earth. I mean, by miles, miles, and miles ever. I mean, you know, and it's not just Utah, but the Utah is the best example. But if you want to look at Florida, if you want to look at Tennessee, you want to look at Texas, you want to look at some of these other states that really do a great job in controlling their spending and having low-rate, broad-based, flat taxes, you can see the states that do well, and you can see the ones that don't. Don't do what Illinois does. Don't do what Connecticut does. Don't do what New York does. Don't do what New Jersey does. And I could go on and on. Don't do what Michigan does. And, you know, you'd be a lot better off. We have a huge experiment being run in this country at the state and local level. And it's really a lot of great lessons to be learned. Uh, that, that's such an important thing, and uh, we're, we're obviously uh, part of the, the crew that's trying to make uh, federalism sexy again. And uh, we, we may even get you a hat and a T-shirt, uh, Art, for all your. Work I'd love off. it. Send it to me. Make it extra large. <laughs> okay. Make it extra large. <laughs> we will do that for sure. And so as we so as we look at uh, where we currently are, uh, what are the short term? Things. We know there's some, some long-haul decisions that have got to be turned and, and shifted, uh, but what, what can be done in the short term uh, economically uh, to kind of turn the well, tide? It's very hard to stop inflation now that you've got it running because, you know, each month is just adding 8% to the information. Because we look at year-over-year prices, and we already have, you know, the last 12 months changes. So when you add the next month, it, it's not going to change that number very much. So the inflation numbers are just not going to get a lot better, unfortunately. And it takes a lot of very hard work on monetary policy and on goods policies to bring that inflation rate down. Like when, when we took office on January 20th, 1981, the prime interest rate in America was 21.5%. 
uh, and inflation was running at 15, 16%. We need to get interest rates up above the rate of inflation by a substantial amount if we're going to get control of inflation. And there is no appetite in the country for that right now. None. Yeah. Uh, and it's scary. All right, before we let you go, uh, just one last question for you, just kind of in terms of perspective. And uh, and obviously, I think uh, presence of both political parties, you know, you know, probably get way too much credit for things that are good and way too much blame for things that are bad. Uh, but what is it that we should be expecting both out of the executive branch and in particular out of out of Congress and the legislative branch when it comes to the economy? What if there were like three principles that we just have to get to on the federal level? Uh, what would those be? I would just say low rate, broad based, flat taxes, spending restraints, and sound money. And if you did those three, you'd have a huge leg up. If you then t- told me minimal regulations and free trade, we'd, we'd just kick the bejabers out of all the bad economics. It would just send us to the moon. Uh, fascinating stuff. Great stuff, as always. Art Laffer, uh, just an extraordinary economist, a uh, great American, and, and someone who's trying to help us get on the right track in terms of incentives and outcomes. Uh, that really has to be the bottom line. Again, Art is here today uh, with uh, former Governor Gary Herbert and the Herbert Institute for Public Policy down at Utah Valley University. I know you're having a host of other meetings today as well, but we appreciate you carving out a little time for us here on Inside Sources. It is my pleasure, and thank you very much. Again, that's uh, economist Art Laffer. Uh, great to have Art uh, on the program today. He's uh, been influential uh, in, o- in economics for uh, decades now and has just a very unique perspective. He's obviously a big fan of the state of Utah. Uh, and while we're not uh, perfect here, uh, we have a lot of things in order in terms of economics that are leading to uh, a lot of flourishing. And, and now we still have more opportunities to improve and do better uh, so that uh, everyone continues to have that opportunity to live their version of the American dream. We're going to go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour break. Could Europe, not the U.S., be the answer to the war in Ukraine? Justin Logan from the Cato Institute thinks there's a way for the U.S. to lead from the middle. Hear why coming up next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.